Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin', the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is our producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you, sir? It is officially the final four in the GHSA. It is the final four. A quick turnaround we have for y'all. Games starting here in a couple of days. Not a lot of time, so we're trying to push this podcast out to you guys so you can hear what happened in the Elite Eight, what happened in the final four. But before we do that, Kyle, we'd like to thank our sponsor, as always, Sportal Space. Yes, we'd like to thank our Spielman Dealing podcast sponsor, Sportal Space. Sportal Space helps teams find gyms and fields for practice or training and makes booking a gym as easy as finding a restaurant on Open Table or a hotel on Expedia. Check out Sportal Space every practice, every game. Kyle, I'm so excited to delve right into these final four matchups. I didn't even ask you how you're doing, so how are you doing today? Uh, for me, it is a busy, 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 busy time of year for me, whether it's social media stuff, whether it is collecting these scores and stats, whether it's talking to college coaches, anything like that. It's a very busy time, but I am glad the final four is here. Uh, I've been proven right in a couple cases. I've been proven dead wrong in a couple others. Uh, but thus that is how life is. And I am excited to try and break down these final four matchups for you. Just like last time with the elite eight, we did every single game. We're going to do every single boys and girls game in the final four. And I am going to try and give you as much in-depth analysis as possible in a timely fashion. In a timely fashion, we'll start with 7A. Norcross and Newton are moving on to the Final Four to be played at Buford High School's Arena at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, Norcross beat McEachern 75-55, to while Newton beat Wheeler 87-81. to Remain, it is not easy to win a state championship in the state of Georgia. We saw last year with Tiff County doing the unthinkable and knocking off all these nationally ranked teams, and we see it again with McEachern with the big target on their back. They got beat like a drum at Norcross. Jesse McMillan, X's and O's, sometimes wins out. It was an evenly matched game, but the talent on the floor, probably a, a little more talent on McEachern's side, but X and O's coaching still matters. It seems like they had a great game plan, and they ran it to perfection, so a great job by Norcross, and things don't get much easier because now you see arguably the best player in the entire state in Ashton Hagens, who they held off Wheeler. They had a double-digit lead, but Wheeler made a deep, deep, deep push on him in the fourth quarter, but Newton held him off, so this is going to be a great game. Norcross, you have to focus on Ashton Hagens. Again, it's not that hard of a game plan, but it's extremely hard to execute. You have to cut off the head of the snake, and the head of the snake is Ashton Hagens, just decommitted from Georgia. How are you going to slow them down? Are they going to uh, send Dalvin White on them, Kyle Sturdivant, Brandon Boston with that Six six frame, maybe JoJo Toppin sees him again at six foot seven, maybe throw a bunch of body down, but somehow they're gonna have to slow down Newton's offense. Newton is so efficient. It's Ashton Hagen's creating for everybody, whether he's gonna rock the rim with a jam or he's gonna get into the paint, drive and dish Tyrese Brown outside. Is he gonna dump it down to Dre Butler or Armani Harris? They're gonna have to find a way to slow those guys down. But Norcross, if you held McEachin to fifty five points, you gotta be feeling good about the momentum you have. Now you don't have that home court advantage which you had against McEachin, but you feel great about what you just accomplished. But the dangerous thing about that, that was not the state championship game. That was just 
just the Elite Eight. Even though it could have been a state championship, you still got to win two more games to get to what you want to do. So it is going to be difficult. Uh, I, I, I just I, I trust the guard play in this one. Norcross, they're going to have to slow down Newton, but Newton, they might not have the size. They might not have all the weapons that Norcross has. But again, when you have the best player on the court, you have a chance. And Rick Rasmussen is a hell of a coach. He has won a ton of games. Can he finally climb that mountaintop? We will see. But this is a great Final Four matchup. On the other side of Class 7A, you have Meadow Creek advancing against Grayson. Meadow Creek beat Campbell 67-57, and Grayson topped Pebblebrook 73-66. Another great game, which is going to be more so on the defensive side of things. This game is going to be one with defense. Grayson and Meadow Creek both hang their hat on that end of the court. Meadow Creek, you got Jameer Chaplin, the Swiss Army knife that does everything offensively and defensively for them. Sometimes I struggle to score a little bit. You got Keija Green, the freshman point guard who makes a lot of good decisions and has a nice jump shot. But inside, you have Amari Kelly going to Duquesne, who is about 6'8". You have another about 6'8", Corey Hightower going to Detroit. You have bigs inside that can lock down the paint. But, I mean, how many teams does Meadow Creek play that they're going up against a team that has that similar size. You know, they, they did it against Norcross. They should have beat Norcross twice, but they lost on two buzzer beaters. But they're seeing another team with a lot of size. Terrence Porter, six foot seven. Kenyon Jackson's about six foot six. Porter's coming off a game where he had about 18 points and 15 rebounds, was a huge double double, helping uh, Grayson get past Pebblebrook. But again, Grayson, they're going to do it with the guards. Travis Anderson and Nick Edwards, two seniors, very experienced. Edwards has had a great season. Anderson's been in and out of the lineup with injury, but he is healthy right now. And Coach Geoffrey Pierce, that is a guy that gets it done in the state tournament. It is money season for him. He pulls out all the stops. He gets his guys playing at their peak capability, and they're in the Final Four for the second straight year after they'd never been there before. So Coach Pierce has really got the Rams going right now. Are they going to be able to score enough against Meadow Creek? I think Grayson has a little bit more offensive firepower than Meadow Creek does, and I also think that Grayson's depth might be a key factor in this one with DJ Williams, Devon Smith, all these guys that they can bring off the bench. Very, very interesting game here. I think Grayson, with their depth, that could be an X factor, but they're going to have to be able to find a way to win that war in the paint against Meadow Creek. Down to 6A, where Heritage Conyers will be going on to face Gainesville. Heritage Conyers beat North Atlanta 58-53, whereas Gainesville ran Lakeside Evans out of the gym 111-66. Yeah, that was one of those ones that I was fortunate to get right. I thought it wouldn't be very close between Gainesville and Lakeside Evans, and it wasn't very close. And looking at this Final Four matchup, again, you got to give a ton of credit to Vernon Denmark over there at Heritage. This team lost a ton of great uh, college players. Jordan Thomas, I believe he was just named conference freshman of the year over there at GCSU. So you lost that firepower. Isaiah Banks tearing down rims. You lost a lot of great players last year. But they are sitting pretty right now in the Final Four. You're playing with house money. Uh, nobody in the world expects you to beat Gainesville. And it's going to be very difficult 
Um, but either way, if they if they go out with a bad loss, if they go out with a good loss, if they win the game, it has been a wildly successful year for the Patriots. So whatever happens, happens. Traylon Scott uh, had a great season. Jaquez Hicks is a six foot eight guy inside that's going to have to. He's going to be asked to do a ton of battling against that great Gainesville front line of the roster twins, KJ Buffin. Bailey Miner even sniping some threes at six foot five from that three position. It's going to be very difficult. I like Gainesville in this one. Again, double digits. I expect them to roll. But Heritage, you know, they've been playing great all season long. You can't you can't hold it against them. But Gainesville with that size and then Jabo Bledson, Kawan Hale, Rafi Rubel, they got all just all these guys. They are just loaded to the gills. Gainesville, this is their year to win the state championship, and uh it's just gonna be very difficult for anybody to stand in their path. On the other side of class six A, Langston Hughes topped coffee by four to an advanced to the final four excuse me whereas jonesboro beat tri-cities by eight langston hughes and jonesboro this should be a good one no shortage of a uh, very nice athletes tyler smith for langston hughes matching up with jamari smith uh a guy going to i think it's queens uh just a freak athlete he's been so good for jonesboro this season and he was a region four player of the year I saw him when they got beat by Alatoona last year and ended their season. Uh, MJ Walker had a very bad game. He took a lot of bad shots. And you know who was keeping Jonesboro in that game? It was Jamari Smith getting it off the glass, getting it off the glass, getting it off the glass, and getting putbacks. And I, I am I am so glad to see that he's been just a monster offensively and a, a true double-double machine. He is a lock for a All-State selection. Um, but it's going to be tough. How are you going to slow down Landers and Ollie? That is the, the age-old question everybody wants to figure out. Langston Hughes had to rally to beat Coffee. Um, they were in the bonus quite early in that third quarter, and then Coffee missed a couple free throws down the stretch. Coffee had the athletes to match up with them. Jonesboro is going to have similar athletes, but I don't think they're going to be as, as big and as physical as Coffee does. So it's going to be a tough game, but I look for Landers and Ollie, of course, to be the one to try and slow down. But you got other guys like Tyrell Morgan. And that makes it makes life just that much more difficult for Jonesboro. And if you're Jonesboro, you just got to rely on Smith. He's got to get you points around the rim. He's got to block shots. He's got to just absolutely dominate within 10 feet and in. That is very key for Dan Mailman, who's a great defensive coach. He's a good coach. He's he's done it. He's been there, done that, won championships before. He's done a great job with this unit. So it's going to be Smith inside and look for Jamari Mosley. Um, other guys like Brandon Walker. Those role players are really going to have to step up and have a good, good night if they want to get to the state championship. We'll keep it rolling right down to 5A we'll hi- where Hiram, who beat Stars Mill 47-35, to is taking on Miller Grove, who beat Dutchtown 70-56 to in the Elite Eight. Hiram, 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 Hiram. It has been a very interesting season. They were not very good at the beginning of the year, and they have just said – the hell with it we're not going to let this season go to waste we are going to play hard-nosed defense and we're going to punch it inside to six foot eight nathan presnell and it, it's worked out for them they have had a great year for hiram uh they really locked down stars mill again just relying solely on that defense to get the job done and it's it's turned out uh extremely well darius hodge has done a great job over there so presnell is going to be the key factor inside can they establish him it's gonna be tough because again miller grove has kevin page and jermon clark you got two six eight guys inside that are used to banging bodies with other bigs does Presnell see that many big guys throughout the season? 
Not, not really, not really in that region seven. So he is going to be tested, and I expect for his uh, his role players, he's going to need to get help from those guards, Darius Johnson, Raphael Rogers, guys like that. They're going to have to be able to knock down some shots. Krepsik, the the sophomore, I, I really like his stroke. He's going to have to knock down some open threes to loosen up that defense to really give Presnel uh, more room to roam in the paint. But it's going to be tough, and for Hiram. They do. They, they're a great defensive team, but they're going to have to slow down some electric athletes. Maurice Harvey, Lorenzo Anderson has just been a a, a score at will for this uh, Miller Grove team. T.J. Stargell does a nice job getting everybody involved, and Terrence Edwards, another uh, somewhat of a X factor for this Miller Grove team. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for Hiram, but they're going to have a good defensive game plan. And if they can muck it up and make it a lower scoring game, I think they might have an opportunity to hang around with Miller Grove. But it won't be easy. The other pair of teams fighting for their shot to get to Macon at Fort Valley State is going to be Warner Robbins, who topped Lithonia by three, and Clark Central, who took care of Stockbridge by 21. Warner Robbins, yep, they uh, they pulled it out over Lithonia. It was not easy. We know all about them. Colby Owens and then Nelson Phillips going to Georgia State. Those are the two studs. They are probably, just looking at it right now, I think it's hard to argue that there's a better one-two punch left in Class 5A. And if you're just ranking the the individual players, that might be number one and number two in the entire classification. So you might have the best two players left in the state on the exact same team. So Warner Robins, this is your year. This is your year. This is a team that's played year-round with the Warner Robins All-Stars. They've won a lot of games playing against shoe circuit teams and just very tough teams. They built a great bond. They got a lot of good role players, Jerron Zanders, guys like that really help out a ton for the uh, Demons. So they're going to have their hands full. Clark Central is red hot. They took it to Stockbridge. Again, another team playing with house money, their first ever Final Four appearance. Quemonte Monfort. How is Warner Robbins going to slow him down inside the big six foot six fella? He's been being a beast this year, and he really took it to Stockbridge uh, at another great game. Had 19 points. You got Martavis Darden finished with 18 points. Uh, that's a good inside outside punch right there. But for Warner Robbins, you got Jamel Dillard. So you got some big bodies that you could throw at Montfort to try and slow him down. Uh, another game that's going to be very interesting. Of course, you you got to favor Warner Robbins a little bit, but Clark Central has been no slouch all year long. They never quite knocked off Buford back in the regular season, but look at it right now. They are the last Region 8 team standing, and they're going to have a good shot at Warner Robbins. In Class 4A, Baldwin topped Cartersville 61-52, whereas St. Pius beat Carver-Columbus 77-65 to set up a Baldwin-St. Pius Final Four matchup at Fort Valley State. Ramin, we said in the preseason, Baldwin, a Final Four sleeper, not to brag, this is the one classification I actually did very well in. I got all four of my Final Four teams in there, so I feel good about that. Baldwin, Buck Harris, good coach. Uh, they beat Cartersville, you mentioned it. They can play a little bit of a fast-paced game. They can play a defensive, slower style of play. Um, they're a really good team. Dante Justice, I like him a lot. Very athletic two guard. Um, can get a little trigger happy at times, but he is a quick athlete. He gets a, a lot of lift on his jump shots, and he is a blur getting to the basket. The guy I like the most is Brendan Robertson. He is a junkyard dog, just so active, again, at that two-guard position, but he always finds himself at the right spot at the right time, high motor, 
defends, rebounds very well. He is going to give great effort for Coach Harris. And the region player of the year, Rodney Walker, just another guy that is at Coach Harris's disposal. And a, a guy I like, I mentioned his name a ton of times, Therese Hicks, the little guard. He is willing to do what it takes to win. He will stick his nose in there on defense, and he will provide a little bit of offense here and there. So Baldwin is going to be a tough test for St. Pius. And now we all know what St. Pius is, Everett Lane, doing what he's been doing all season long is just knocking down clutch three-pointer after clutch three-pointer he really peppered carver columbus they survived a 37 point outburst from aj watts a name that you got to put on your radar now this junior is a, a big time player from uh coach parr he said he plays a little bit like uh alan iverson him and luke winstall told me he's got a little ai in his game a guy that can stroke it from deep but he will have to wait till next year because this is still saint Pius's year to get back to the state championship game baldwin they got justin webb he doesn't play you know he plays a little bit here and there he's never turned into that 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 player that i thought he would be able to become six foot six i think he's still out there not really a post player and he's going to match up against uh kennedy willis so two guys you know thin not necessarily super physical but i think willis could be a a big impact in this game because he's coming off a nice game against carver columbus but uh the gonzalo twins they're gonna press baldwin press 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 that is what saint Pius is known for does baldwin have the ball handlers to handle that we are going to see they're going to see an aaron park coach team that cuts teams up they are disciplined they're going to knock down threes they have great role players all throughout the game I think this could be a a, a pretty close game. I think it's going to be a very good game. Uh, Two teams that never, ever, ever see each other. I think it lines up for a really good matchup. But, uh, I mean, St. Pius, they're on a war path this year. They've beaten some of the best teams across the state. Baldwin, it's going to be tough, but uh, I don't know. Baldwin's going to have to play very well to get past St. Pius. On the other side, they have the winner of Sandy Creek and Upson Lee waiting for them. Sandy Creek beat Burt County 64-44 to in the Elite Eight. Upson Lee continues and extends their winning streak to over 60 with a 70-40 to win over Lafayette. Ramin, roll the tape. Roll the tape. If you're listening to this podcast right now, I need you to go back to uh, earlier in this week's podcast, the Elite Eight podcast. I said, I feel like Lafayette's going to come out and be up like 8-2, to two, have an early lead, and then just run out of gas and get blown out by about 25-30. Lafayette went up 8-2 to two early on in the game, and they ran out of gas and lost by 30 points. So, um, yeah, whatever that is. So Upson Lee and Sandy Creek, looking at this game, Sandy Creek, they do have the athletes. They have the length. They have the length that could give Upson Lee some trouble. They didn't get to see him last year. They get to see him this year. TJ Bickerstaff has improved this season as a junior. About 6'7", 6'8", wing, not really an inside guy, but he's been uh, getting better. I think his, his, his play has improved around the paint. He's been a guy that can give you a double-double here and there. Xavier Brewer, we got to see what he can provide. Another guy that's about 6'8". But again, he's more of a wing, more of a shooter. He is going to have to mix it up alongside Bickerstaff inside if they're going to want to slow down Trayvon Walker, who is usually the X factor for Upson Lee. When you're six six, about two fifty, and you have the best hands, biggest hands in state, just a monster rebounder, he is so hard to move out of the way. Now, if he gets in foul trouble. Things can get a little sticky. He got in a little bit of foul trouble against Lafayette, I heard, but of course it it didn't really didn't bother him that much. I think an X factor to look for in this game is Jared Godfrey, a six four senior guard, very good player. Uh, 
whoever picks him up is going to be very happy. I'm not sure if he's uh, committed anywhere or not yet. Uh, I, I think there was uh, a couple schools chasing after him, but off the top of my head, I, I cannot confirm whether he's been uh, he's picked the school yet or not. But that is a very good big guard that can shoot the ball. He's dabbled with a couple injuries earlier in the year, but I think he is a big time player. And don't forget about Cam Miller. I, I forgot about him once before. Big mistake. Five foot six, all energy. He is not afraid to mix it up. Look for him to guard Zyrie Scott or Cameron Trailer. Just, you know, jitterbugs out there. That That's going to be such a fun matchup, seeing him try and shut down Scott or Trailer. They're going to be aggressive with them. We'll see what John Michael Nicholson has in store for the Ups and Lee running nights. But again, I haven't even mentioned yet Middle Tennessee State, Ty Fagan. Who is going to guard Ty Fagan? Can Sandy Creek keep him in front? They got to make sure he can't have free runs to the basket. He can't make his teammates better. But Ty Fagan has been playing on another level this year. He's been hitting over 40% of his three pointers. His one little bit of a bugaboo last year is a three point shot can come and go. It's been locked in all season long. And that's why he's pretty much a lock to be Class 4A player of the year yet again. 61 straight wins for the running Knights. Sandy Creek, they have some interesting pieces that they can throw at them. This is going to be a fun one. We'll see if Sandy Creek is physically and mentally tough enough to hang with Upson Lee. In 3A, Kyle, GAC beat Johnson Savannah 75 to 61, whereas Morgan County beat Central Macon 51 to 37 to set up a GAC versus Morgan County Final Four game at Armstrong Atlantic. GAC getting the job done with the guard play. Hunter McIntosh was the player of the year. Went 13 of 15 from the foul line, had about 26 points to beat Johnson Savannah. They controlled that game pretty much from the opening tip, negated um, Amanzi Nugamezi inside going to Georgia. He was not too much of a factor with Chris Hinton, that big old 6'6", 6'5", 6'6", big Michigan uh, lineman that is just carving out space in there ben shepherd has been so good this season roy dixon another good shooter a lot of great guard play and i always think i think i you you know you want to give the edge to teams with good guard play so gac they have to feel very good about these guys very composed great composure very poised with the ball they know what they're doing hunter mcintosh um plays you know even as a freshman he played so so much more mature than you would expect and now he's a junior and it's coming to fruition this is the biggest game of his career in the final four they're going up against morgan county though morgan county has been the team to beat all season long wire to wire good defensive team good scoring team Stevan green a, a bulldog at the point guard position defensive just makes winning plays offensively and defensively alec woodard we know what he can do scoring the ball he can stretch defenses out to you know five feet beyond the three-point line if he gets hot from deep that is a scary proposition tyron lawrence one of my favorite players another great junior six foot four bouncy 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 a slasher that can shoot the ball as well and anthony cooper i think he is going to be very key in this matchup anthony cooper a guy that plays above the rim at six foot five is he going to be able to get some baskets around the rim can he elevate over a chris hinton to score inside for the bulldogs so again gac morgan county if you like guard play there's going to be a ton of it in this one but morgan county they got some bigger guards in lawrence and woodard and then they got cooper that plays above the rim we're going to see how this one turns out it's going to be a good one i could see this one being a low scoring game with two great coaches on the sidelines on the other side, fighting for a trip to Macon, it's going to be Jenkins Savannah who beat Cedar Grove seventy-two to sixty-five, and Westside Macon who edged out Hart County by two fifty-five to fifty-three. 
Yeah, the Hart County pick, you know, it was it was there for the taking. Couldn't get the job done. Kudos to Westside. They have gone farther than I would have expected them. It hasn't been super pretty throughout the state tournament, but as I tweeted out a couple weeks ago, you do not have to win pretty in the state tournament. You just have to win, and that's what Coach Groob's team is doing, rallying behind an injured Kavon Moore. This is his last season. He's just having to watch from the sidelines. He just committed to Texas Tech, but he is watching his teammates put on a show for him. Greg Holloway has been great this year. Uh, uh, a tough wing matchup problem at about six foot six. You got other guys, Kawasi Reeves Jr., Javian Mosley. You got some guys that get the job done out there. So they've been playing very well. Again, if they continue to trust each other, Westside is a good team that can move the ball and knock down some threes. Now Jenkins, again, Bakari Bryant, he always finds himself in this position, even when they couldn't beat Johnson this year. And it was Johnson's turn to, you know, finally steal all the spotlight from the Savannah area. It's Jenkins, it's Jenkins, it's Jenkins, it's Jenkins. That defensive pressure, they were able to crack Cedar Grove. Came away with a 72-65 to win. And now here we are again. And Bakari Bryant knows how to win these games. And they are going to throw everything at those young guards of Westside. Can they handle this pressure? Can they handle their trapping defense? We got guys like Trey Mays, Tyrone Scott, good athletes and shooter over there as well. Uh, and that makes Cy Fisher. All these guys, you got some big guys inside. You got Matthew Sams that helps out. Lamont Sams, you got some people there. There's some talent for Jenkins. They never have. They haven't really played super awesome, great this year. They haven't necessarily hit that peak, but they might be peaking just at the right time. Now, again, they haven't had the easiest route. They won by 20 their first round. They they slid out of Cook with a three-point win. They pulled one out over Cedar Grove, and now they're seeing Westside. We're going to see, can Westside Macon's guards handle that Jenkins pressure defense? In Class 2A, Kyle Vidalia handled business against Jordan 84-49, to and Laney took care of business against South Atlanta 70-55. to Wow, 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 wow. This is, if you're looking at the bracket, left side of the bracket by Dahlia Laney, all guards, all guards, all guards. On the right side of the bracket, Thomasville versus Glen Hills, big men, big men, big men, big men, with a couple good guards sprinkled in. We'll check out this Vidalia matchup first. Taj Jones, he is a ringleader. He is a guy that's winning these games for him. He is their go-to player, and Anthony Jones as well, making plays for them. Um, they really stuck it to Jordan again, that region, that region, um, region five finally reared its ugly head, and they were not competitive. Jordan and Spencer were not competitive in their games, but both of them, great seasons. Look at the draw. They did well. By Dahlia, they rumble in as the number three seed out of region two, and they're in the final four. And now, again, they got some good guards, Taj Jones especially. But, boy, now you got to deal with Laney. Again, Laney's not as good as they were in years past, but they play pressure defense. They pack it in in the zone like they did against South Atlanta when they have to. You got Dwan Griffin. Donald Henley is a speed merchant out there. Ronnie Walker. You got a lot of guys that can make plays, and they're used to winning games. It's going to be tough for Vidalia. They don't they don't see too many teams like this, I wouldn't say. Um, Laney, they just got that a little bit of that Augusta magic, but you know it's not going to be a home game. So maybe that can help Vidalia's chances a little bit. Uh, we'll see how it turns out. But Laney, if they want to beat uh, – if Vidalia wants to beat Laney, they're going to have to handle that pressure. South Atlanta crumbled against Laney, and they had two 
two great guards, two senior guards, and Dondre Barnes and Jalen Siegel that won state championships. I thought they would be able to handle that pressure and make some shots. They were both held to about 13 points in that loss by Dahlia. Taj Jones is going to have to really show out and carry the Indians if they want to make it to the state championship. And on the other side of Class 2A, Thomasville beat Spencer 84-45, to and Glenn Hills took, took care of Farrell 73-52. to An interesting matchup here. Thomasville, we know Reggie Perry, All-American. They got Titus Wright inside, who's about 6'9". They got some guards that can be hit or miss sometimes, but it sounds like they're improved from last year. Here we go. Here we go. It's going to be a big matchup. Glenn Hills, I I watched them just wreck Therrell. They look like the team that should be ranked number one in the state. They were ranked number one the entire season, and for good reason. They slipped up. I, I don't know how they got beat by Laney twice, but Glenn Hills, they got everything you want. Good guards, sizable guards, a big man inside. Isaiah Bowman is quick with the ball. These guys play with chips on their shoulder. They're throwing up crazy signs to the crowd. I don't know what it is. Tim Williamson threw a couple fingers to the crowd. Not not the middle finger, I mean, just uh, crazy fingers. I don't know, just celebrating those threes. He had a great game, 6'4", came from Hepsiville, 23 points in that game, 8 rebounds, 3 steals. I mean, just he was just so good, so big as a guard. And they, they play that helter, you know, a little quick pace. You know, they want to get up and down. But Coach McCray does a great job because when Thurl was in a man-to-man defense, and even when they went back to zone, um, Glenn Hills was very patient. They moved the ball around the perimeter extremely well. They ran some nice sets offensively. And that's why Coach McRae is probably one of the best coaches in that Augusta area. He's got the talent. He's got the athletes. But he doesn't just roll the ball out there like some coaches do and just say, hey, go get it, go eat. He's actually running sets, and he's playing to these kids' strength. And uh, that's why I, I really like Glenn Hills now. Uh, I, I liked him for most of the season. I already told you that. But seeing him in person, everything I would hope for and more. Timmy Sellers just picked up a Western Carolina offer after that game. He had 18 points, five rebounds, two blocks, just a – a big six eight guy, and he's just you know he's athletic. Uh, he just he's just a problem inside. He was going to the foul line, causing all sorts of trouble. And then Emmanuel Jones, another guy that's just six six, fourteen points, eight rebounds, just so good. This team is so big, so long, athletic, and they got a couple shooters that they can throw out there here and there. But you know we're gonna see. I'm very interested to see what happens. Timmy Sellers versus that front line of Titus Wright and Reggie Perry. Now, we can say it on both sides. These 6'8 guys, I usually don't see other 6'8 guys throughout the regular season. They see, you know, they see a lot of it in AAU ball, but during high school season, you know, these guys are so used to having, you know, three, four inch size advantages. Who's going to come to shine? Does Timmy Sellers have that dog in him to say, I'm going right at this top guy. I don't care if you're a McDonald's All-American or not. I'm going to eat your burgers and I'm going to take it to you inside. That is going to be, that's going to be an interesting matchup. You know what? If I had to, you know, if I had to pick, I just like Glenn Hill. I think Tim Williamson is just going to be such an X factor. I don't know where else Thomasville is going to get it from. I know they got a couple guys here and there, but Reggie Pillar, Reggie Perry is going to be the the guy to keep an eye on. It. If he gets in foul trouble, like he can't get three fouls 
or get get in foul trouble and foul out in the third quarter like he did against Dublin. You're not going to be able to do that and win this game if they're playing Glen Hill. So it's going to be it's going to be a good one. I'm looking for who can step up alongside Perry and Wright. Who is going to step up in the backcourt for Tomsville to be able to compete with and get past Glen Hills because I do like Glen Hills in this one just a little bit. Thomasville has been great. They proved me wrong a lot this year, but I'm looking for who can step up in the backcourt for Thomasville. In A Private, the final four games will be at Columbus State Holy Innocence over Christian Heritage, 69 to 54. In the Elite Eight, excuse me, St. Francis over North Cobb Christian, 87 to 62. Holy Innocence versus St. Francis. Yeah, it was a, the dream season came to an end for Christian Heritage, which um, it's got to happen sometimes. But uh, they had a great run at it. But Holy Innocence had jumped out 27 to five, and uh, they never looked back. And that's very impressive win for a a pretty young team actually you know going in there to Dalton and getting it done and you know you're relying on those youngsters Garrison Powell Josh Smith um you got the senior guard leader in uh Matt Meadows you got Alex Wyatt another veteran that can provide you with some uh a little versatility uh it's it's gonna be an interesting game here uh St. Francis they clock North Cobb Christian you know I I really like St. Francis in this one I think after that loss to Christian Heritage, I think it really helped them refocus and say, we're not just going to steamroll our way to the tournament. We're going to have to play very well. They shook off a, you know, okay win against Walker. They didn't blow them out uh, like they're used to, but uh, they came out strong against North Cobb Christian, get a 25-piece win, and now they're seeing Holy Innocence. Now, St. Francis is another young team too, but I think Dwan Odom had like a triple-double against North Cobb Christian or was extremely close to it. Um we're going to have to see Chase Ellis. Who is going to keep Chase Ellis off the glass? Sam Hines off the glass. Uh, those guys are very active around the rim. Um, you can always count on a couple of these guys. C.J. Riley is a kid that you can always pencil in for 10 to 12 points for St. Francis because he's going to knock down three threes and get you a free throw here and there and maybe a hoop. Uh, Holy Innocent is going to have to close out on him. Um, Caleb Snyder as well, another nice shooter with about 6'3 frame. I, I trust Coach Catlett in this one, but it's not going to come easy because we already said nothing comes easy in the state tournament. But St. Francis, if they can get past Holy Innocence, they're going to be playing for a state title with a bunch of sophomores, a couple couple freshmen, couple juniors sprinkled in. This could be the start of a dynasty if they can get the job done. In the other side of Class A Private, it's going to be Elka versus Aquinas ELCA, one over Green Forest, 69-61. Aquinas over Brookstone, 66-41. All right, Ramin. Ray the Ref, I don't think Ray the Ref is going to be here. He played a, an enormous factor in this game and pretty much single-handedly took ELCA out of their game when they played at Holiday Hoops Giving. Aquinas won that one by 20-plus. They made it look easy, but a lot of that, Malachi Rose was in foul trouble the entire game. Uh, Elka was not allowed to perform any spin moves going to the basket, so that athleticism, that advantage they had, negated by Ray the Ref. So they weren't allowed to do that. Now, if they have another crew that that lets them use basketball moves in basketball uh, and a basketball game, it could be different. Now, Kelvin Jones did not play in that game. He is one of their best shooters for Elka, for the Chargers. He can knock down some shots. They didn't have many floor stretchers when they played him early on in the season. So I'm looking for him to be able to come in and provide an impact because they they need to knock down some shots because Aquinas is going to sit in that 2-3 zone. That's what they do. 
that's not what they said they do, but that's what they do. They, they just sit in that 2-3 zone, and they do play good defense. They do play good defense. So Calvin Jones, he is going to be very important. you got Makai Cameron, Trevon Reddish, who came over from Carrollton. He's been a nice player. He hasn't been an, um, you know, a, a super huge monster impact player but he's a nice player and Jermaine Mann I like him a lot about six foot five he is a pretty much a a, a bruiser small forward power forward he can hit the glass very hard uh, a guy that has a, a lot of lift up uh, he can get and play above the rim him and Rhodes if him and Rhodes are out of foul trouble and they can knock down a couple three-point shots you know Elka it's it's not nothing comes easy, but Elka should have a good shot in this one. Aquinas, we we already know. I mean, I, I tend to favor if I mean it was so long ago. It's a completely different season. It's the first game of the year. It's everything has completely changed now. So they have seen each other in person. You tend to think the team that loses that first game that they, they, they have a little bit more adjustment. Say okay, we know what we did wrong here. We can do that. The winning team is more like well, we just got to try and keep doing what we're doing and uh, make in-game adjustments as we go on if we need to. Aquinas are going to trade go million. He's going to get it off the glass. He's going to – everything's going to be a drive. They might hit a, a three here and there. Now, if Aquinas is hitting threes, they're going to be tough to beat. Trent Baldry is the one guy you cannot leave open. That is a game plan. You do not leave him open. You want to make him a uh, penetrator, make him be a decision maker. He can make a couple nice plays here and there, but he can do a couple boneheaded things. But you cannot let him hit a three because if he hits one, he hits two, he's going to end up hitting five, and you could be in a deep hole right there. But if he's not hitting threes, everyone else is, you know, hit or miss, you know, a little bit shaky. But if Aquinas is knocking down threes outside of Baldry, they're going to be very tough to beat. Again, uh, Daniel Parrish is the playmaker. He's the one that makes everything go for them. The 6-4 lefty, he's the herky-jerky, get in the lane, hang, you know, just wrap around passes. He is a menace, and he's got very good hands out there, can play the passing lanes. He's going to be a, a key factor. We're going to have to see what Cam um, <laughs> Cam Gardner and Dewan Hill can do inside um the usually they 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 benefit from a lot of dump offs and rebounds because they're bigger and physical but now you're going up against you know a six foot eight division one player and another six foot five strong guy so they're gonna have their hands full they're gonna have to battle they're gonna have to block out they're gonna have to really fight for some buckets around the rim uh hill is more of a uh I'd say a better post presence with the, the size and a baby hook that can be tough to stop. Um, but it's going to be a good game. Again, I think the, the 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 winner of this game, it's going to come from who gets the better guard play, who is going to be able to knock down those threes and open up the floor a little bit more. And uh, we're going to have to see if there's uh, the referees, how are they going to call this game? If they're going to call it tight or they're going to have uh, one certain referee uh, implement the rules the incorrect way, uh, it's going to be tough. But it is uh it is a very interesting rematch to say the least. In a public Cal- Calhoun County will be facing off against Montgomery County. Calhoun County won by ten over Woodville Tompkins. Montgomery County won eighty one to seventy four over Linear County. Montgomery has been rolling and Devon Coglin has been a big time score. Uh, I, I, I like him. He can fill it up. He's listed at only five foot eleven, but he's a guy that can get buckets. He can cut you up for thirty points in a heartbeat. He is going to have to have a very good game against Calhoun County, uh, and this is a rematch, fellas. They played Calhoun County on December 20th, and they beat them 94-91 in overtime. So these two teams have already met. It's already been a classic once. I can't see it being any other way. Calhoun County, Rayshawn Williams, 
going to South Florida. I, he likes to go left a lot. He likes to go left a lot, but he's got a lot of help. Kadarius Holmes, all these guys, Ronnie Moore, and Tykavius Curry, a freshman that I liked a lot in the summer. I think he gets some burn for this team as well. If not, he's going to get a lot of burn next year. But Calhoun County is built to win a championship this year. Again, uh, just a couple seniors, but a lot of guys, some juniors, a lot of guys that have seen uh, big game experience. They lost in the title game last year. Uh, we'll see if Montgomery County can do it again. Montgomery County, they like to score points, 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 points. So if this is a high-scoring game, if we're talking 80s, 90s, I think it's in Montgomery County's favor just a little bit. Not to say that Calhoun County can't score points either. I think Calhoun County is a big-time offensive threat as well. But uh, th- when you're matching up against a team with these quick little guards, they can get hot and they can fling it up there and they can score with the best of them. So expect this one to be another high-scoring matchup. On the other side of Class A public, Central Talbotton beat Macon County 73-61, to whereas Wilkinson County beat Manchester by 4 to set up a Central Talbotton-Wilkinson County Final Four matchup at Valdosta State. Yep, you know, uh, let's see here. These two teams, they hooked up last year, I believe, and it was Wilkinson that ended Central season. I could pull it up for you real quick because I remember talking – Tane Smith, Octavian Hill, I said, what the heck's the problem? Why can't you beat Wilkinson? Uh, I think they played last year sometime. I don't see it off the top of my head. But uh, it's, it's just a, it's not an easy matchup. It's not an easy matchup for these guys. Uh, I do really like uh, what they have with Hill. He's just a, a, a high-energy guy that can really bring it. Uh, no one can beat Wilkinson, though. That's the problem. Uh, I, I, I hear that they inserted a, a big fellow to – kind of switch up the lineup over there they they insert the big guy that's uh really been moving people around that helps out uh central gets gets uh you know moves zytavian hill over to a, a little bit different of a position javaris copeland another good score so it, i mean they got some grown men over there at central they're, they're always known to be a very big team very physical team but you're playing wilkinson county and wilkinson they just always seem to win they beat Manchester by four that's pretty good and Tylen Grable inside is a handful Jalen Lamar Devin Jones it just keeps on coming it keeps on coming uh it is not going to be easy for them uh but you know Wilkinson I'll I'll believe it when I see it when somebody finally solves Wilkinson County out uh I'll believe it but it is uh there's going to be a lot of big boys out there I can promise you that Kyle, that takes care of all eight classifications of boys, Georgia high school basketball. Now on to the girl side. You look at the 7A bracket, a lot of deja vu. It's McEachern versus Newton. McEachern beat Norcross, 67-62 on the girl side. Newton beat Cherokee, 70-68. Boy, oh boy. Uh, Norcross really let that one slip through the wickets. Disappointing. Disappointing loss for them. Joel Smalls went crazy, started bombing away threes, and Jasmine Carson was smooth throughout the course of the game. And McEachin's right where they want to be. I mean, Kemi Award is out for the season with that torn ACL, but Denim DeShields has stepped up as a freshman. Um, Victoria Agin is just a, a big-time athlete and a big-time playmaker. And now they see, uh, they see Newton, who held off Cherokee. I mean, Cherokee had... I mean, Olivia Herrera didn't play. Uh, Sydney Watts didn't play. Like, two of their best players did not even play, and they still only lost by two points. Like, this Cherokee team is going to be a major, major powerhouse next year. Uh, so keep an eye on them. So, Newton, uh, 
you know, they're going to have to get it done with their guards. They're going to have to get it done with their guards. Uh, Journey Smith has uh, got, got a little bit of size to her, I believe. Um, Lexi Chapman, she's a good three-point shooter. She's going to have to knock some down. Uh, it's going to be tough. I, I mean, I've liked Newton all year long, but, you know, McEachern just they, – they find a way to win with Coach Arthur over there. It, it's going to be an interesting one. I want to see how Newton can match up because McEachern does have a little bit more size, and they do have some pretty good athletes as well. On the other side of Class 7A, playing at Buford, North Forsyth, who topped Hillgrove 68-63, to will be taking on Westlake, who took care of Collins Hill 59-34. to North Forsyth has had a phenomenal season, but my goodness, Westlake has been number one all year long. I was foolish to think Collins Hill could play with them. They beat them. They beat them badly. We'll just put it at that. Uh, I mean, North Forsyth, they're going to have to knock down threes. They are going to have to knock down threes. Catherine Shope is a, a, an elite scorer. I think I heard she's going to Reinhardt, which is a steal. She is an elite scorer. If she can get hot and pepper in, you know, six threes, seven threes, still have a shot. Caroline Martin, all these girls, you know, Kate Perryman, they, they, they got they got some talent there. Kate Ware, they got some options, but I'm just worried about are we going to be able to defend Westlake? And Cassie Markle, of course, was a region player of the year, but are they going to have enough to stay in front of the likes of Raven Johnson? Brianna Turnage, the freshman, has been giving Westlake great minutes now. Um, uh, Paris Mullins inside is a big body. Taylor Hosen does. Shakina, Shakina Howard, you got just – Simone Lett, name after name after name after name. Westlake, this is their year to win the state championship. Can North Forsyth uh, play spoiler? Uh, I know Coach Herrick is going to have an excellent game plan for them, and if they get hot from three, that three-point ball, uh, that is the equalizer, and uh, they're going to have to hit a lot of them to beat Westlake. Down to 6A, Kyle. Northview survived a late scare from Coffee to win 61-57. to Winder Barrow beat Lovejoy. I'm sorry, Lovejoy beat Winder Barrow in overtime, 67-64. to Yeah, that was, uh, let's start with the Lovejoy game. That was an awesome game. I'm so glad I was at that game in overtime. It looked like Lovejoy was pretty much out of luck. I mean, they had the game one. They missed two front ends of the one-and-one, which led to a Shella Watson corner three-pointer to send that game into overtime. Then Lovejoy fell down 61-56, to and I said, well, you know, they're just sophomores, maybe just the seniors of Wander Barrow. It's just, it's just their time. The basketball gods, nope, 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 nope. Here comes Lovejoy. Genesis Bryant, oh, my gosh, she is so good, and she is so composed out there and just you know doesn't show too much emotion, just slick with the ball, shooting the three-pointer, 33 points. Anaya Boyd put in 20 points. Um, they're going to be a handful for Northview to stop. Northview is going to really have to pack it in in a zone. They're going to have to slow it down. Get the ball to Ashley Austin. A lot of touches for her is going to be a, a very good recipe. Maya Richards as well. Kayla Brown over there for a Lovejoy. She is a good rebounder. She gets that ball and she power dribbles very hard and usually can go back up with it. She didn't have much success against Olivia Nelson Odoa, who finished with a triple double in her final game before heading to UConn. Well, it's going to be tough. Can Northview's guards handle Lovejoy's pressure defense? They're going to come out, you know, full court, three quarters court. They're going to press and put that. That uh, all that 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 pressure right there on Asia Ennis, a sophomore, on Eden Sample, a freshman. Can they handle the rock? And can they stay out of foul trouble? I mean, every single time I heard they got into some foul trouble again. They had to go deep into their bench to survive coffee in that first half. 
uh, it, it turned out well for him. But, man, Lovejoy is just going to be so quick, so dynamic. They play such great defense. It's going to be tough. Northview is going to have to knock down some outside shots, which the three-point ball, it comes and it goes for most of these teams. But if Northview can find a stroke, if someone can get hot from deep and Ashley Austin can really affect this game inside, they could they could hang around with them. But Lovejoy, um, this could be Lovejoy's year. That, that Winder-Bear game uh, might have been the state title game, and I wouldn't be too surprised if it turned out that way. Uh, that is just going to be a, a, a very a very interesting matchup, a very tough matchup. But again, if, if Northview can somehow slow it down and Ashley Austin can just you know turn into a superstar, which we've seen her do before, if she can just – turn it on and get hot and pour in 25, 30 points, Northview could win this one. On the other side, Douglas County took care of Valdosta 86-63. to 63. Harrison and Bradwell, they playing at some point today. Do we have a time on that, Kyle? 61-32, Harrison wins. Yep. So we got Harrison, we got... Yeah. <laughs> we got Harrison, we got Douglas County. Douglas County will not be... Uh, qualified from this one so we will see how it turns out um harrison it is going to be interesting audrey jordan the lefty she is very good going to uab that's going to be a great matchup with amari robinson who's just been a complete monster just a monster averaging over 30 points per game in the playoffs she is a stud the 2019 she's been so good for them um that's going to be interesting. She's going to get some help from her teammates here and there, you know, uh, Michaela Cope, uh, Desiree Jackson, girls like that. They, they help out and they make that team very good. Harrison, you got Harper Vick who makes a lot of winning plays out there, can shoot it, can handle the ball well. Uh, Sarah Wokeheren, I like her a lot. It's just a physical presence inside. And, you know, you got a couple other options out there as well. Uh, that's going to be a really good game. Again, if Harrison's coming out pressing, can Douglas County handle that press? Harrison's very good. They can trap. They can turn you over a lot and get easy baskets. Douglas County, they're going to have better athletes than Harrison. They're going to have uh, probably the best player on the court and Amari Robinson. Um, we're going to have to see how it turns out. That's going to be a good game. Uh, I'll I'll be there. I'll be there in 6A. I'll be there at West Georgia, so I'll, I'll, I'll be able to let you know how it all shakes out, Ramin. You have it down, Kyle. On to 5A. This one's at Fort Valley State, a bit farther of a drive than West Georgia. Villarica took care of Fayette County 61-44. to They'll be facing off against Buford, who beat Eagles Landing by 13. Villarica has done great things this year. They've done great things. But now they're running into Buford, and Buford was beating Eagles Landing pretty good. And then, you know, I guess I don't know what happened. It ended up just a 13-point game, so a pretty modest uh, game. Buford, they got Tori Osmond going to Michigan State, Audrey Weiner going to Air Force. They got tons and tons and tons and tons to choose from. And they got big guards. They're physical guards. They are – uh, they they have muscle on them. We'll put it that way. They are physical guards that can shoot the ball. That dribble drive offense leads to a ton of open threes in the corner. Bill Ricca is going to have to play exceptional defense. Now, on the other hand of that, you know, Buford's going to have to slow down DeAsia Merrill. DeAsia Merrill is a mismatch problem, and she is a stud, and she's got help. Aaliyah Hinsman and a couple other, you know, Jayla Roscoe. they got some players that can play now over there at Villarica. But Buford, Gene Durden, again, I said it in the last podcast. You got Tate Walters, Kaya, Kaya Styles, a couple girls like that, you know. Again, they're Buford, and you're not. It's going to be tough for Villarica, but they do have a star player that could – that could keep it close, but again, I'm not choosing. I'm not picking against Gene Durden in the state tournament. 
On the other side, Harris County got by Carrollton by two, whereas Flowery Branch took care of Dutchtown by a margin of 14. It's going to be Harris County versus Flowery Branch. Flowery Branch got some good uh, good practice guarding those Dutchtown big girls, India Bellamy uh, and, and, and others, Jordan Manley inside. And now they're going to have to deal with the upper echelon of that. You're going to go against Jessica Carter, who is going to Mississippi State, Tasia Fanning, Asia Carter. Big, 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 big size. Big size. Is Flowery Branch going to be able to slow them down? Now they got Tania Worth, who is a very good, versatile wing. She's got size. She's over, you know, six foot, probably about six foot, six one. She's very good. Going to Alabama, she can score the ball. Uh, she's going to have to get a lot of help from her teammates, Ashley Locke. Um, Ashley Woodruff. They got some. They got some people. They got some pieces. I think the guard play is going to be very important in this one. Harris County. They're bugabooing. You know, years past they had the great bigs inside, but who are the guards that can handle pressure and get them the rock? Now they survived Carrollton by two. Now they're going to see Lexi Sinkami. You're going to see Caroline Wysocki. Uh It's going to be a tough matchup. I think Flowery Branch uh, has seen enough. It's going to. You know, they're going to have to shut down Jessica Carter. Uh, but Flowery Branch and Buford in a championship. It's not too far off, but I think Harris County is going to have a lot to say about that, and they're going to punch it inside, and they're going to try and hurt Flowery Branch where it hurts the most right around the rim. In Class 4A, America Sumter beat Marist 42-37, to whereas Henry County beat Jefferson 59-50. to America Sumter versus Henry County. America Sumter, they are really rolling right now. A team that flirted in the top ten a little bit here and there. Uh, Jakiria Long was the region player of the year, so I, I feel like she's probably been carrying a lot of the load for him. DeAsia Ford as well, Brianna Pope, those are your big three right there for America Sumter. And they're running into Henry County. We have mentioned Henry County numerous times before. Brooke Moore going to Auburn, Janae Wadsworth, Janae Jones, all these girls. Um, Usoria McCorder, all this. Henry County only won by eight points. They did not have Coach Shook that night. He was uh, attending to uh, you know some family matters, having to, to uh, buried a loved one. Uh, so prayers up to him. Uh, but Henry County, they are. I, I still think Henry County has enough firepower to get past America Sumter. But not too long ago, America, America Sumter made a, a deep title run. I think they ended up maybe even winning the state championship, I think maybe two or three years ago. So they're no stranger to uh, to, to winning games in the uh, the state tournament. And uh, they're going to be tested trying to slow down Brooke Moore and company. On the other side of that bracket is going to be Carver Columbus, who took care of North Oconee 68-26. to and then Spalding, who eked by Madison County by two fifty-five to fifty-three. Carver Columbus, yeah, I mean that was, I mean North County was a three seed, and they were three seed for a region, very well coached, just didn't have the firepower as they did last year. Carver Columbus is pretty good, Ramin. I mean that's who is number one in the state. And for good reason, Mariah Igis, Olivia Cochran transferred in from uh, Hardaway, Janiah Love Hill, who was a, a monster in the state championship game last year. That's three girls on the first team all region team right there. Uh, they they they're loaded. They're loaded. But Spalding, they're going to play uh, a defensive brand of basketball. They're going to do what they have to do to get the job done. Coriana Evans, Kiana Banks, uh, girls like that. They're going to have to play very big. Kayla Milner, Anaya Jester. Spalding got fortunate to beat Madison County. They got very fortunate. The uh, the clock was jacked up there. Um, I don't know if you want to call it home cooking, but with 0.4 seconds left, I don't know if you saw the video. It's on the Sandy Spiel Facebook page. It was an inbound to Spalding. The girl bobbled the ball, finally caught it, and tossed it in at the buzzer to win. 
you can't do all that with .4 seconds. So uh, very controversial. That game should have went to overtime, but Spalding benefits, and now they see Carver Columbus, and we'll see if the Jaguars can keep it going. In Class 3A college, GAC sends both their boys and girls team to the Final Four as GAC beat Beach 55-45 to to punch their ticket. Franklin County beat Peach County 53-44. to Mary Martha Turner with a triple-double against Beach. They finally slayed that dragon. They got their revenge from last year's controversial Final Four loss. And now they're seeing Franklin County. Franklin County just keeps on rolling, keeps on rolling. They got some girls that can score the rock. They can score the ball. When we're talking about girls like um, Maya, oh, Maya Davis, is that her name? Uh, no, I can get the Asia Jones. I think that's right. Asia Jones and company for Franklin County. They can really score the ball. They can score the ball for uh, Franklin County. They got that, that brand-new head coach that's just come in and really has implemented something. They, they were very good last year. They never really took it to the next level, but John Strickland has Asia Jones, Maya Jones. That's the name I was looking for. They can fill it up. Ivy Jen, you got some size there at the wing position. That is a very good team that can score, and it all starts with those Jones sisters uh, that can really, really pour it in. And uh, they're going to have a tough test with GAC. You know, Caria Reynolds going to Hofstra, all these girls. You know, Taylor Sutton, Middle Tennessee State. Uh, it's going to be a, a, a tough matchup for Franklin County. I think they're finally running into a team with some high major, uh, high talent uh, Division One players. But Franklin County, I'm telling you, Maya Jones, Asia Jones, they can fill it up. On the other side of Class 3A, we're going to have Johnson Savannah, who topped Lovett 52 to 46, taking on Tattnall County, who beat Harrelson County 59 to 46. Tattnall County just keeps on rolling, and now they're seeing a team that's always in the thick of things, and that is Brandon Lindy, Brandon Lindsay's Adam Smashers, Bubbles Williams. Uh, that's a mouthful. You got to keep an eye on that little girl bombing away from deep, doing what she has to do. Jemiah Cutter is a very, very, very good second option. Jasmine Thompson as well. Uh, Gianna Copeland, about six four inside, a long, long shot blocker. I'm not sure if Tattnall County has seen a, a six four, six five shot blocker like that. Uh, they're going to test them, but Tattnall County has been quietly flying under the radar, taking care of business, taking care of business, beat Harrelson County. Very impressive win. Um, we're going to have to see what they do. They were that number one team out of Region 2, and they've really handled their business throughout, but now they have their toughest test yet with the Adam Smashers. In Class 2A, Kyle, we talked about this name in the pre-podcast uh, rundown. Let's hope I get it right. Model versus... Yes. Laney. Model be Dodge County Dodge County 79 to 63. We're going to get that name right eventually. Laney beat oh, yeah. Banks County 54 to 38. Okay. If Model wants to win this game, uh they're going to have to handle some Laney pressure. They lost to them 65-49 uh last year in the final four and Victoria Saxon had a big game, but she's got to get some help. We know she's going to get her 20 25 points. She's going to be unguardable. Daisha Benjamin, uh, I mean, they're going to try and slow her down, but it's all going to start with can model handle that pressure defense of Jessica Williams, Daisha Benjamin and company just flying at them nonstop. 
Uh, I think Libby Upton is going to be a key to this game. Can she get the ball past pressure, and can they set the offense, and can she knock down some outside shots? Mo Welsh as well, uh, point guard, a very physical point guard. Uh, I think she's a pretty good passer. Uh, she's got some composure as well, but they are going to see something they just they don't see. No one can really replicate that laney speed and that laney defense and that pressure. They are going to have their hands full with Laney. But, you know, the good thing going for Sally Eccles' team, they at least saw them last year they know what they're getting into they know what they're getting into when they play a team like laney um now that's just handling their defense now on the other side you got to say how are we going to stop them and their offense benjamin averaging 22 points eight rebounds williams 16 points uh you still got jada jaden hamilton 15 points per game that's your big three that's your big three and everybody else is about a, a one basket per game that's your big three and laney they get a lot of hoops off transition their defense leads to offense so model if you can limit your turnovers, get it into a half court setting and punch it down low every single time to victoria sack they can win this game model can win this game beat the pressure get the ball to saxon that is the recipe and key to success on the other side fitzgerald beat raven county by five josie beat douglas 57 to 39 it's going to be fitzgerald and josie fighting to punch their ticket to Macon at gcsu on saturday Josie has, uh, I wouldn't say they came out of nowhere. They won about 18 games last year, and Jawan Bailey's in a, a great job. And they're, they're 28 and 4, all four losses to Laney. Uh, so we might be crash course for another fifth meeting. But the junior sisters, it's Takedra Rowland and then Rikeria Rowland. Takedra averaging 17 points, six rebounds. Uh, we, we got, uh, Rikeria averaging 12 points per game. They're a good team, but they, you know, they got to make their outside shots, and they got some shooters out there. You know, those Rollins sisters, they can struggle. They look, you know, big physical girls, but they have a great touch. Both of them, uh, over forty-four three pointers made this season. They can knock down the shots, so that just makes Josie such a tough cover. And they got uh, three other girls with over fourteen threes on the season. They can shoot the ball now. Fitzgerald, Kirsten Cook, she was phenomenal. Uh, in their last game against Raven County, she is really good. Haley Ross inside provides some uh, some shot blocking and some rebounding. But Kirsten Cook, she is going to be the one that can get them to the next level. She's going to Talladega College. She is going to be the one that can carry this Fitzgerald team to the state title game. She is going to have to have a very good performance against a very, very tough Josie team. In Class A private, Kyle, we've paraded out this same repeated line all season and if you need to know if that's true just look at the scores i'm about to read off to you holy innocence beat christian heritage 86 to 49 stratford academy beat prince avenue 37 to 31 to set up the first final four game yeah you know very nice for stratford 26 and 2 but you know all good things must come to an end you just don't do uh you just don't do uh, what these other schools do. Uh, I guess I'm not allowed to say what they do. I don't want GHSA to go disqualify anybody, but they just they they can't do it. And they got you know private schools. Some private schools they choose to really bolster their their athletic programs and do it that way. And some other ones, you know, it's just you know it's athletics. It's just like anything else. And you know they have a strict focus on. Uh, academics but with that being said stratford they are going to have their hands full that is uh for sure uh it's it's not going to be very easy for them uh they're going to be going up against uh, holy innocence like you mentioned and holy innocence might be might be the best team in the state this year i know they're playing uh 
you know, they're just so good, so big, so big inside. They got so much talent. You got Candy Subtle, you got uh, Kayla Hubbard going to Georgia, Subtle's going to Penn, and I mean that right there in itself is a is a is a lot to try and handle. Uh, so it's it's going to be difficult. And you also got Jillian Hollingshed, who's a big girl inside, blocking shots left and right. Uh, Rachel Subtle, a youngster, Jada Farrell. I mean, just everybody you want and more to be a state title contender. Stratford. You know, again, the the best opportunity. You don't have the horses that they do. You have to somehow slow it down. Again, way easier said than done. Probably not possible. Uh, I think uh, one of their better players, Kerry Woodcock, I think is one to keep an eye on. Uh, it's going to be tough. Uh, Holy innocence! This is you know this is going to be a twenty five, probably twenty five plus uh, blowout win for them. It's just no 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 shame to Stratford, but you're playing at a whole another level right now. On the other side, St. Francis took care of Paedia 89-41. Wesleyan tripled Cavalry Day 60-20 to to set up St. Francis versus Wesleyan. This is an interesting one, okay? And this is the third time I said you win with guard play in the state tournament. St. Francis is huge. They do have good guards, but St. Francis is huge. They got everyone's about six foot one, six foot two. Amira uh, Abdur Rahim, she's about six two, six three at the top of that press. And just like most of these good teams, you're going to get pretty much all your stuff against about 95% of the teams you play. Pretty much all your offense is just going to come from pressing and turning them over and getting easy transition baskets. Okay. So St. Francis, Aaron Eady, she is going to College of Charleston. She's been their leading scorer this year. Jordan Isaacs, who moved in from North Paulding, averaging 13 and 5. Abdur Rahim just, you know, just does so much defensively, causing all these problems. But then you get the guard play. Kennedy Powell, uh, Maya Moore, you know, Eliza Snyder. The list goes on and on. But with that being said, St. Francis, they have the athletes. They are going to have bigger players. They're going to have more athletes than Wesleyan. But Wesleyan, they are very well coached, and they press on their own. They do the same thing. They press. They can just dismantle a team in the blink of an eye. A.C. Carter, the sophomore, she is going to have to have a big game. Now, she's about, I don't know, five foot ten or so. Uh, a physical, you know, she could play all over the court because she can shoot it a little bit. She rebounds. She's, you know, high motor. She she does everything out there. She's pretty much a positionless player in my eyes. She's going to have to have a huge game. Sudden West, again, she's about six foot or so. She's going to Furman. That is a girl that is always in the right place at the right time. Long arms, can block shots, can pass it, can shoot the three. She's just a pain to play against because she is just all arms and legs, and she is very good, and she knows what she's doing. But the two guards are going to be very important. If St. Francis is going to press them, it's going to be the two little ones out there. you got a senior and a Maya register going to Old Dominion, and you got the freshman in Page Lines. They are going to have to handle that long pressure. When they're getting trapped by 6'1", 6'2", girls, they're going to have to be able to sneak through it. They're going to have to pass it, find the open players, and cut, cut, cut when they have the ball on offense. Going to have to cut them to death, knock down some shots. Nicole Azar, I know she's a three-point shooter. They got a couple of these girls that can stroke it from deep. Izzy Larson gets some playing time here and there. But A.C. Carter, Amaya Register, and Sudden West, those are going to be the big three. If Wesleyan wants to win this game, you got to rely on those three to really carry you to the finish line. Because St. Francis, they are tough, and they are hungry. It's going to be a very great game. X and O's are going to be very crucial in this one. Our 16th and final classification to discuss, Class A public on the ladies' side. Telfair County beat Bowden 63-40. Greenville took care of Wheeler County 71-62. Greenville versus Telfair County at Valdosta State on Saturday. 
Yep, here we go. So this could be possibly the last game or not for Greenville's uh, superstar, Brittany Davis. Uh, she has uh, really just been an animal all season long, averaging 31 points per game. Uh, we know how good she is. She's going to Mississippi State. She's a reigning, re- uh, reigning class player of the year. 31 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists, 7 steals, 2 blocks. She gets a little bit more help this year in the form of Talencia Tony, 8 points per game, 8 rebounds. Uh, and, and some freshmen have really stepped up. My goodness, look at these freshmen. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. Five freshmen that are the, the next five leading scorers, Jabrika Leslie, uh, Shabrika Leslie. You know, the, the, it's a good team, but everything is going to run through Brittany Davis at the end of the day. And Telfer? I mean, Telfer, they, they hammered a much bigger Bowden team. Just two quick forms, 63 to 40. You said it. This is a good team that they want to get back to that state title game. They got to, to see Pelham. They got pounded. Their, their three-point shots weren't falling, and they didn't stand much of a chance. Pelham has since departed, uh, and they weren't as good as they were last year, so it opens things up. India Wells averaging 21 points per game. Niasia Howard, another one at 15. Uh, you got Brandy Mackey, and then, of course, Tawana Graham has really stepped up big time this year. Telfair's been good all season long. Now they're going to have their hands full with Greenville. It's going to be tough. How are they going to slow down Brittany Davis? That is definitely the most important thing that uh, Coach Troop is going to have on her mind. If they can slow her down in some capacity, Telfair County should win this game. But easier said than done, of course, for me. Our last game, your last game of the Final Four, Kyle. Terrell County beat Wilcox County in a low scoring one, 44 to 24. Marion County beat Pelham 65 to 56. Oh, okay. Terrell County, they, they are good. Jemiah McDaniel, she can score the ball. She can score the ball. She is a, a big time player for them. She's the one that really makes this team go. She is going to have to have a good game, and she's you know she's done it every single time out there. You know, no no reason to think that she can't do it again. But she is uh, a, a definitely a, a go-to player for uh, the Green Wave. Now they're going to run up against Marion County, and again, Marion County very well coached. Fran McPherson wins pretty much everywhere she goes, and she is going to again rely on some of that size. They have a lot of very good size. You got the the Whitley sisters, Ashley and ansley both at six foot one toriana myers six foot you know they got a lot of size this is a very good team and they've they've run up against some of the best and they've they've handled their business terrell county that that is a good team that is a very good team uh but i think that marion county with that size advantage i think that could propel them to a state championship game uh it's going to be a good one i mean just looking at what marion county's done this year they've, they've already beaten greenville 67 63 i mean they got good wins throughout they lost to them earlier by one point but they put in a tough region they've held their own they really peaked at the right time they had a couple losses in the middle of the season but marion county a team that has five region losses you know they're 24 and 5 all five of those losses in the region but the eagles are rolling right now and if they can slow down mcdaniel i think they will have a shot to make it to the state title game in class a public ramin forgani Kyle, that was another hour and 10 minutes of pure GHSA basketball talk. I think that will do it unless you have any other closing remarks. We'll be back with you before the state championships. We'll have a bit more time in between games, hopefully, to turn around and get a podcast out. But as always, we appreciate you listening. Check the website and the Twitter. And until next time, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin signing off.